2: everybody fine. You guys hearing me fine? I got new yep. headphones. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're not necessarily better. They're just new. They're just, <laughs> just stop new. All right,
0: I'm putting my instrument down.
2: <clears throat> oh, please don't. You should play your <laughs> instrument. Any, anytime we say something stupid, you should play something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I can go like... Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) I'll make it a little lower and a little more effect. Let's say if you could play
1: the uh, prices right, like the bump, 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 bam. (laughs) If you
0: you want to give me two minutes to learn it, I I need to pull
1: it up. Let's start. We got to get started. All right, we're going to get started. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It has been quite a while. We are recording this. On Sunday, June 26th, it's been a couple months, but we're back to give you a recap of the NBA draft, the playoffs, and we're looking forward to the Olympics and the Blue Devils that are involved in all of this. But first, I'm Donald Wine. In case you didn't remember me, I am BlazingDW on the DDr forums. Today, I get to welcome back my partners in this podcast venture. First, in Denver, we have Sam Klein, a.k.a. Dev11. Sam, what's up, man? It's so
0: good to hear from you. It's Um, good to hear from you, too. It's been a very long time. Yeah, it's um, been
1: it's been a couple months. Uh,
0: I was trying to look back at, at like the last time we recorded and like what was the state of Duke basketball then, and it's like a totally different it's like a totally different world. Yeah, it's um, it's,
1: it's kind of relaxing.
0: Yeah, things are uh, things are good over here. I'm I'm doing well. Um, you know, happy to uh, happy to be back and talking to you guys. Um, so it's nice to hear from you. And and since we last spoke, I feel like feel like every week I see Donald on TV on in at a new at a different soccer game in a new city.
1: Yeah, well, I try to get around, and, and it's been a crazy month. But we're going to get into that once I bring in the other guy uh, that they call Jason Evans on the D.B.R. The other
2: guy.
1: From Atlanta. Jason, <laughs> welcome back, man. How's it going?
2: Uh, it's going good. It's going great. Um, uh, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. Uh, I just got back from two weeks in Italy with my family. Um, oh, this is what makes summers wonderful. <laughs> family. Family. Vacations, lots and lots and lots of fun, but I missed you guys. It's It has been quite a while, and uh, uh, there, there are new additions to the Duke roster since we last spoke about it.
1: Definitely. Uh, before we dive into all that, you know, we've, we're kind of getting into it a little bit. It's been a couple months since we last had a podcast. I believe it was just after the national championship, which we are very glad that Villanova won and not that other team that was playing, so... We should probably tell the listeners what we have been up to lately. So, Sam, I'll start with you. What's been new in Denver? What have you been? Uh, what kind of trouble you've been getting into?
0: Um, I've been, I've been sitting at home and playing a lot of mandolin. Um, play, a,
2: then, play a few chords. Play something.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I like. I, I'm still. I'm still trying to get that the uh, devil with the blue dress to sound as good as it possibly can. So it's uh, it's getting better. It is-
2: Working. That is working, baby. No, that
1: is on, like it, this, we, this we, need compare, we need to compare. We need to compare what it was like before and what it's like now because that is a I, I serious improvement. I,
0: I don't remember where I saw it. I came across a YouTube video or something, this might have been on Facebook, um, of like a girl taking violin lessons and it was like it was like her month by month progression of like how she sounds on the violin. In the first month, it's like all horrible and, and you you know you couldn't possibly listen to her, and then like a year later she's like Play the violin like a champ so I'm, I'm i'm trying to follow her lead um but yeah it's uh it's coming along this morning i was working on the um i was working on some voicing for the uh for the for the duke alma mater which i, I think i i tried teaching myself very early on in my mandolin learning process um so that's uh that's coming along but i'll uh i don't really want to i don't really want to really show it off until i know that it's good you know kind of a perfectionist like that um but i've been uh i went to a couple of music festivals i i got to um take some take some mandolin lessons from some, from some famous mandolin players. Um, so if you're interested in that sort of thing and, and uh, you know, we, I don't really need to get into all that here, but if you want to send me messages on the uh, Duke basketball report forum, I'm happy to tell you all about it. Uh, Cause it's been a lot of fun. But uh, other than that, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, uh, just living and working and, and uh, waiting, waiting to hear back from you guys about when we were going to record again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's there was a couple times where we were, you know, we were all talking and we were very close to recording something because uh, a big event was about to happen. But when it actually did happen, um, it, it never really transpired that we were able to put anything together, and well, it I wasn't it was, that we weren't I trying. Like right was, around, right around when I think it was Bolden, right around when Marquis
0: Bolden um, committed. Yeah, we were like, oh, we got to get an episode, but we weren't all like able to get on, and it would have been like kind of, a, you know, it wouldn't have been a great effort on our part. Hey, Uh, hey, wait, wait! Let's let's
2: tell the truth. Let's tell the truth here. When JJ Redick and then John Shire both launched podcasts.
0: Listen, guys, (laughs) you are already like John Shire. I understand that your basketball career like didn't end up the way that you wanted it to, and you had to like oh just end up being an assistant coach at Duke, like probably making a lot more money than I do, um, despite having like a way easier major. And and he's gonna he's gonna be a head
2: coach someday. He's gonna be a head coach at a very young age.
0: he only became an assistant last year, right? It was yeah, just uh, yeah. it was just when Wojo left, yeah. and, um, and 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 since then, like you know, all the all the like websites and stuff they talk about, like oh, Jeff Cable is such a great you know associate head coach, but like John Shire is killing it on the recruiting trail. And I'm just like God, he is he is going to be a head coach, and, and it's not going it, to like it won't take as long for him as it did for for Collins and Wojo, I don't. Think.
2: But um, but I he he's stealing our he's stealing our aura he's, he's stealing our spot. Right.
0: So so in lieu, so like so like in light of that, it's like all right, you're doing really well. You know, he's got a great gig. Even Nolan Smith now is is working as some sort of assistant for the. I don't exactly know how the. He's
1: how the a assistant, special assistant, I believe. Is is, way, I whatever
0: whatever that means. He means he gets to hang around and be a part of the program and etc. etc. Um, but like those guys already got a good gig going on, you know, and we're just like. just like the schmucks on the internet like give us give us our like our little corner here but no they had to like jj is fine because jj is like he's he's like more established and whatever i guess this is like his way to transition from being a player into being a part of the media um like john shire doesn't need a doesn't need a podcast he's busy like being an assistant coach for the basketball team so (laughs) i'm i i I don't want to say we have a beef with them um but i'd like to think we have a beef with them (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what, Sometimes competition is good. It means we we get to step up our game, and they have to step up theirs. You know. You well, know, wait, wait, wait. We either and, step and,
2: up and, our game, or we take a um, a two month break.
1: Yeah. Or we or we, or we just <laughs> we needed to know, after fifty three episodes, we needed to recharge our batteries. That's the, what it was. The good thing is that
0: is that uh, at least Shire's show. It sounds like Shire's is just like the Duke basketball like summer podcast. Like once the season starts, they're not going to be doing this anymore. Right, right. Thank
2: God. Have you guys?
0: Do it
2: yet? I have okay. not. No, not yet.
0: I <laughs> Good.
1: It's not okay. for like a try. There, there's just been a lot of stuff going on.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. No, I like to think that we're like standing strong to our own values and uh, and not giving into those guys. Yeah. Um, even though that's who we talk about on this
2: show. It's not competition. It's not. Com- it's just different. Yeah. Different.
0: Yeah. No. It is. It is different. It's not like. It's not like there are other dbr goofs who are who are doing their own show
2: and let's be honest in terms of being an insider having real insight into the program being able to talk about um the college basketball world and the duke program in in really uh, intelligent kind of way us competing with john shire yeah i mean it's a little bit like happen. us it's a little bit like us competing with john shire on the basketball court <laughs> right, right
0: and, and occasionally I, I mean you guys probably get a little bit of this but occasionally people will contact me because they know about this show and they'll be like, "What do you think about you know what's going to happen with such and such?" Or like, "Do you know anything about you know who's committing and these things?" And I'm like, "Dude, I don't. I don't know that stuff. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I, just, I just, I just get on with the guys and talk about it. I just, I just like being able to talk about it. And, and you know, for the same way that like I listen to podcasts from people who are fans of anything, um, it's just, it's just cool to talk about and cool to listen to." But uh, Sam, Sam, I, I don't.
2: I'm going to have to edit this part out. I don't want anyone to know that we're not experts. <laughs> we're not experts. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Thanks for giving yeah, that. Right. Out. right. <laughs> yeah. We're just
0: we're, we're just really we're just really great fans, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so all right, and, let's all move right. on. let's get to we're, something real. Right, okay. Go.
1: Well, um, before let's do this. Let's dive into the NBA stuff. Let's we'll start with the NBA draft. Uh, the NBA draft took place this past Thursday and uh, it was highlighted by Brandon Ingram going number 2 to the Lakers. Um, in my opinion, thank God he didn't go to the Sixers. Trust the process, hashtag. Um, Marshall Plumlee went to uh, the Knicks. He signed uh, with their summer league team. He wasn't drafted, uh, but he uh, all reports are that he has a really good shot at uh, doing well and hopefully earning a training camp invite, not necessarily to the Knicks, but somebody um, when the well, summer no, no, league no, no, no,
2: hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me talk about Marshall for a second because I've done a little bit of digging on this. Um, the, the reports are, and we don't know for certain, the reports are that Marshall signed a guaranteed contract with the Knicks. And and to be clear, it's not a guaranteed NBA salary, but the guarantee is that they will at least that he will at least get a training camp invitation and that he will be guaranteed a spot on their D league team.
1: Oh, that's Um, pretty good.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, for an undrafted NBA free agent, that's, that's a really, uh, that, that shows that the Knicks saw something they really liked in, in MP3. And um, the Knicks are a great, great spot for him to land. They have a lot of open roster spots right now. They only have five guys under contract. I mean, that's kind of amazing. In the NBA, usually, um, a team will have ten or eleven guys under the contract, and they're really only looking to, you know, bring in one or two more. Um, the Knicks only have five guys under contract. The Knicks did not draft a single player. They had no picks in the draft, and they didn't they didn't try and buy a pick or or, or trade for a pick or anything like that. So the Knicks, uh, you know, it's those they five guys. Instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, Derrick Rose is one of the five guys they have under contract, um, and and it, for sure the Knicks are going to be a, a heavy player in NBA free agency. They're not going to try and fill up the roster with, you know, the ne- the next seven guys they sign are not going to all be undrafted free agents. Um, believe me, it's going to be a lot of uh, former NBA, you know, players who are NBA free agents um, who they expect to uh, to be significant players for them. And, and you know, they, they've always talked like they want to bring Lance Thomas is one of their free agents. They've talked like they want to bring Lance Thomas back. Um, but, uh, I think Plumlee's in a great, great spot with them. They don't have any centers under contract. Um, uh, and he's clearly an NBA center, um, uh, you know, and, and Phil Jackson has always shown, um, a little bit of a propensity for liking the sort of big hulking center kind of player. Luke Longley was one of those. He's had a lot of those, um, when he was, uh, when he was uh, winning winning titles with Chicago Bulls. So. Mm. Yeah, Bill Wennington, exactly. So, so I think you know plumley has got a chance, and at least he'll he'll be in the D League, I think. Um, you know, they've guaranteed him that. And I want to uh, uh, let me wrap up my thing about Plumley really quick. So, there's a Knicks blog that I was reading that had this to say about Plumley that I thought was just hysterical. They said Plumley is a seven-one center, which is great size, but he has a shockingly short six-eight-and-a-half wingspan. And then they said that's almost unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they don't know about him being a T-Rex, right? Um, yeah, his, uh, his yeah.
0: measurables are like are like more than opposite of what Brandon Ingram's are.
2: But yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you're usually looking for guys whose wingspan is greater than their height, and Plumlee is four inches less than his height.
0: <laughs> and I think that so, I think that like average, like notionally average human uh, shape is that your wingspan is slightly longer than your height. Like yes, just very, very footy. slightly. Right. So, so for a seven foot one person, his wingspan should be, if he was normal, you know, for a normal seven one person, like seven three or seven four or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Six foot eight. But
2: anyway, I, so, I, but I really think Plumlee's in a in a good spot there on the Knicks. I mean, he was never going to be a guy who was certain to make the NBA, but uh, I, I also think, by the way, I think it'll help him that both of his brothers have sort of exceeded expectations and and have shown themselves to be very valuable, you know, good contributing players on, on NBA teams. Um, You know, most people will feel, I think, uh, you know, NBA executives will feel, okay, well, if the brothers were able to do it, um, MP3, you know, certainly has a shot. Although he's not as athletically gifted as, uh, as Miles and Marshall. I mean, Miles and Mason.
0: I I was going to say that the, in particular, Miles' success really helps Marshall because I think they were, you know, similarly ranked in recruiting like they were, like 50 to 60 ish in recruiting. Um, and and also so I mean Marshall maybe didn't move along quite as, as fast as Miles did, like in his progression at Duke, but by the end of it was about as productive. Like similar production, if not better production than what Miles had. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, the measurables aren't quite what his brothers are. Um, but as far as showing the ability to to like learn to like learn new things and 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 increase his role every year, especially his senior year. Um, you got to feel good about his ability, at least to work hard enough um, to to have a shot. And 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 I think it's so. You said that um, the Knicks gave him a guaranteed um, spot on a D League team. Is that right?
2: That that's what that's what I've read. That's my understanding. Okay.
0: So does that mean that he doesn't get to play on anybody else's on anybody else's summer league teams? Because I know that the undrafted Correct. guys will play on different summer league. Okay.
2: Uh, my 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 understanding again, from what I've read, and and look, I mean, none of this stuff is official yet. Nothing's been in, No one can announce anything in the NBA until like July first or something like that. I forget. Right. That there's some date.
1: There's um, a moratorium uh, until like July eighth, I believe.
2: For, um, for free even though everyone agrees to all these things before that date, but my understanding is that uh, they have told him he is uh, he will be on their summer team. He is guaranteed to have a training camp invitation, and that they have guaranteed him that he will be on at least their D league team. They haven't guaranteed him an NBA salary, um, but he's got a guaranteed at least d-league salary um and uh, and a guarantee that they're going to take a long, 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 hard look at him. So that's great for him,
0: yeah. and and, and as you say, that they have a lot of roster spots, so kind of anything can happen.
2: Oh with God, that yeah. team. and
0: and and also, you know, when you're playing in summer league, part of it is you're trying to make the team that you're on. But the other part is just that you're working hard and everybody else. all the other teams are around. So they're also looking at you. and And the guys who, I mean, like the way that the way that it seems like summer league works, the guys who deserve to get shots will get shots. It's not like you're just going to get stashed in the D league for years the way that you might like in baseball. Um, Like if you if you have proven your worth on the basketball court, someone's going to someone's going to find a place for you on an NBA roster. Um, Yeah, yeah. You're right.
2: It is nothing like it's nothing like baseball where they stash guys Um, in basketball. You're either good enough and they think you can make it or you're not. And they move on to the next guy.
0: And and minus his wingspan, Marshall has every has every advantage working to him, working for him um, as far as making a team goes. So Yeah, I'm. I, hey, let's talk about I'm, Ingram. Sure, I'm I'm psyched for Ingram, man. Um, I think that leading up to the draft, there was a lot of chatter that uh, that that the Sixers like like everyone knew that the Sixers were going to take Simmons, but at the same time, it was like, man, why not the Sixers just take Ingram because. Like they've already got way too many post players. They're going to have to trade one of them now. And they're going to be trading, you know, like everyone knows that they're going to be trading from a position of, we have to trade one of these guys. Um, so, so the Sixers take Simmons uh, and then, and then the Lakers an organization that is primed to like, I, I feel like they're primed to come back up now. Right. They, they dump Kobe Bryant's contract. They dump Kobe Bryant's you know ineffective play late in his career. And now they've got all these young pieces and, and a lot of, money to work with um, and an organization that at least traditionally is very good at attracting star players to come and play for them so Ingram is you know I, I would hope that Ingram is not expected to be the star in Los Angeles from his rookie season and he's he's still pretty young I don't I think he's still 18 he's not gonna turn 19 until the fall um, so you got to figure that that Los Angeles is attracting at least one major free agent to come and play with him and kind of show him the ropes but I, I'm, I'm very excited. For for Los Angeles to take him, except for the fact, and uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, that you know I, I don't I don't know about you guys. I think you're kind of in the same boat that I am. That you root for Duke basketball, which is its own you know it's like a powerhouse like bandwagony type program. Although you both like I did, you both went to Duke, so there's so there's that kind of background to it. But other than that, I don't think either of you roots for any of the like juggernaut famous teams in any other sports. Um, and no. And you know. so it's a bummer that well, like, soccer, the guy, I
1: do, but that's, that's, that's a different conversation.
0: That's yeah, that's true. And, 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 and I don't want to get into my conversation about how American Americans just arbitrarily pick good soccer teams to, to root for, but that's fine. That's fine. Donald, you do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but as far as like the big four American sports go and like the major college sports, uh, it's a bummer that Ingram who may end up being Duke's best NBA player, like in a couple of years uh, ends up on like the most famous franchise that everybody either loves or hates. Uh, so it means that I have to I have to care about the about the Lakers, um, but not I mean not in like any serious way, just in the just in rooting for for Duke players. But in in general, I'm excited for Ingram. I think he landed in a great spot. I think he has a good organization, and I think that they have room to do a lot of interesting things um, to make that team competitive very quickly.
1: Yeah, I think well, he's you know, gonna be. He's going to be really good because the one thing that I thought separated him from. Uh, ben Simmons is well. There's a couple things. One, he has the game that when you when people look at him, and this is not like I mean, obviously we we look at it from a different lens. But outside of Duke circles, a lot of people were initially saying, "Okay, this is very remind you remind me a lot of Kevin Durant when he was a freshman at Texas, um, and not necessarily the trajectory, but just the fact of his overall game. He has he's very good at everything." But he also has room to improve, and that's almost the scary thing: is that he has the potential to get even better because he's so young and he's very quick to learn. Um, and he, you know, even at Duke, you know, we, he started out slow, but there was a point where he got it, and once he got it, he took off and and became the Brandon Ingram that uh, was very indispensable for us down the stretch. And, and I think with the Lakers, you know, I think it's a much better situation than being in Philly. I mean, Philly was trying to, you know, uh, early Thursday was trying to trade either Norland Noel or Jello Okafor to try and get the number three pick because they wanted to get uh, buddy healed, I believe. Um, and, and I don't think they, they didn't end up getting um, uh, the number three pick. They just settled for Simmons. But again, they're taking a player and now they have basically, if you combine him with Okafor, with Noel, with Embiid, who hasn't played a game with Jokic, who hasn't played a game, they have like five rookies who all play the same position. And well, if- well,
2: except hold on, hold on. they Ben, they're going to play Ben Simmons at point guard. The NBA, all the NBA experts say, um, if you drafted Ben Simmons to be a forward, um, you made a mistake drafting him number one. If you drafted him to be a point guard, then that's the right thing to do. Yeah,
1: but he's not going to be initially a good point guard because he. That really, I mean, even I, I get in LSU, he was the man, and he was you know the games I saw, he was bringing the ball up, but he wasn't trying to. You know, distribute the ball. He was trying to, you know, break people down off the dribble, which I guess is what you kind of do in the NBA. But there's still some point guards in this in the league that uh, look to get others open and look to distribute first. And so it may be more that he's a point forward than a than a point guard because uh, he's not lining up against Kyrie. Kyrie would like those type of guards Russell Westbrook type of guards are going to destroy him every night. Uh, you know, because he's not that quick on defense, um, but I think well, but, he's, he's but lining up his, against like, his Mello court or something vision, like that. his court vision is excellent. I, I agree with you there. He's going to be I able to
2: see good. over those guys in a way that's going to give him a real advantage. I mean, I, I, I think it's easy after the season that Ben Simmons had at LSU to sort of write him off. Um, uh, and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say for certain that, that Ingram was the better pick. I, I do know, you know, a lot of the reports are that the Lakers, Um, the Lakers wanted Ingram over Simmons that, that if for some reason Ingram had gone number one, the Lakers would have been upset that they really thought Ingram was the better fit for for what they're going to try and put together. Um, But I I think Ben Simmons, you don't see passing like that very often. Um, uh, And we're seeing more and more of teams using good ball handling, good court vision, power forwards as essentially their point guards. I mean, um, I mean, that's what LeBron James uh, has for years. LeBron James right. does that. Yeah, that's, there's a reason Kyrie Irving only averages you know less than four assists a game. That's because LeBron James is doing most of the distributing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, to be honest, the Golden State Warriors are starting to use Draymond Green in that role more and more and more. Um, speaking of Golden State, by the way, really quick, I think one of the things that that I like about the situation that Brandon Ingram's getting into is the new Lakers coach is Luke Walton, and he's going to try and install a Golden State Warriors kind of offense. In in uh, in LA for the Lakers, and I think Ingram, with his ability to you know go outside, he has great touch from the outside, um, and and you know use his length uh, on the perimeter, uh, you know I think that's a really good situation for him, a very very good situation for him, um, and and I'll say right now I think that. Brandon Ingram's probably going to be the NBA Rookie of the Year. I think Ben Simmons will struggle to adjust in Philadelphia, struggle to play point guard a little bit, and Brandon Ingram's going to be the NBA Rookie of the Year. Did I say Player of the Year? I meant Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, but I I agree with you there. I think the the learning curve is going to be much higher uh, for Simmons in Philly, because not and, and this is not having to do with his talent, but I don't think Philly really knows what they are yet because they really are just getting these pieces and then trying to see which ones will fit together. Whereas I feel like with the Lakers and and I'm a Pistons fan, I I grew up hating the Lakers. I do not like the Lakers, but I love the fact that Ingram will fit in much better there. And I think they have a lot of young talent that can gel together, and they have the opportunity to get a couple of key uh, free agents. Um, with, uh, with this huge cap number that's going to be uh, coming up this summer. So uh, I think he, he, he stands poised to have a re- very, very good year um, because of the situation he's in. I think if he was in Philadelphia, I think the situation would, would have been much different.
2: Well, you know, one other thing the Lakers loved about him, and then we should move on to some other draft notes, uh, unless you, you guys have something else. One other thing the Lakers loved about Ingram was they talked about how much they loved his, uh, his maturity. You know, for a very, very young guy, um, It matters to the Lakers that that he's someone who comports himself really well on and off the floor. He's someone who's dedicated to being good, to making his teammates better. Um, You know, all the right kind of things you want in a teammate are the things that Brandon Ingram represents. Uh, And and it really matters to the Lakers because they had some real problems with D'Angelo Russell last year. Um, You know, I don't know if L.A. would necessarily admit it. Um, but there are a lot of folks who think that they made a mistake taking D'Angelo Russell ahead of Jalil Okafor, even though Okafor has showed some real defensive struggles in the NBA and didn't exactly have the greatest season ever for, um, for the 76ers last year as a rookie. Uh, He was good. And, And also had his
0: own maturity problems, let's be fair.
2: Had, yes, yes, had his own, yes, definitely had his own maturity problems. Although his maturity problems were manifest off the court dealing with, um, Dealing with fans and the such, whereas and D'Angelo Russell's maturity teams, problems.
0: Believe, right?
2: Yes. A, a, yes. A, 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 D'Angelo Russell's problems were dealing with his teammates. And that's a much bigger issue for, a, for an NBA franchise. When you have a guy that loses the locker room the way D'Angelo Russell did, um, where his teammates there, – there are members of the L.A. Lakers that hate D'Angelo Russell, they do not like him at all. I'm not, and we're not going to get into the whole scandal and everything else that um, you can Google it, people, you know, about what D'Angelo Russell did to one of his teammates uh, in terms of ratting the guy out. But uh, <laughs> it was bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the NBA, you got to get along with your teammates. That's I mean, is priority of, A. There number was talk one.
1: of finding out how to get rid of him before the end of last season. That's how bad it was at one yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, but the one so. the one note that I else we doing. To...
2: Hey, hey, Donald, you got to you got to be thrilled. Your, your Pistons. How did they get Henry Ellenson? At, you know, pick, was it 18 or something like that?
1: Yeah, he fell to 18. I'm not sure how quite it happened. Um, and it's somebody that really could fit well next to uh, Andre Drummond um, uh, in our lineup. I think he's going to be pretty cool there. Um, and I'm also very excited in the second round we got Michael Benege, um, our former our former Dukie um, that graduated from Syracuse. I think he's going to be the perfect fit because he brings something that we did not have last year, and that's three-point shooting and perimeter defense. I think he does, uh, does both those things fairly well. Um, When he was on last year, there there are times even against us where he would torch uh, torches from downtown, um, and and he has the ability to do that in the league, I think. So I think that was a really good pick. So overall, overall I think the Pistons had a really, really good draft. Um, getting Ellison and getting Benajay, I think they're two key players that can fill holes that we have, and now we can go after a couple of guys in free agency and kind of solidify this team that uh, for the first time in six years, uh, seven years actually, uh, made the playoffs, and we can go from there.
2: You know, I I told you guys how disappointed I was that the Atlanta Hawks went with Tareen Prince from uh, Baylor in the lottery. I, I don't understand that. Um, he was uh, he was a guy who many folks forecast going in the 20s, if not the 30s, maybe even in the second round. Um, and the Hawks went ahead and drafted him in the lottery. Just I I, I don't even begin to understand it. But I'm not going to get into that because we're not going to analyze every draft pick. It's just you know his you know, interview game time. is really
1: tight, though. So
2: yes, yes, <laughs> he had the a very very answers. funny interview. Yeah, he had a funny interview after after Baylor got knocked out by Yale. But one thing I did want to mention, did you guys see that Cat Barber did not get drafted?
1: I saw that. and I second,
0: second year in a row that an NC State player has left early, been an overproducer, and hasn't gotten drafted.
2: I, I'll tell you something. I don't understand how Cat Barber didn't get drafted. Because, I mean, like, the, the Brooklyn Nets took Marcus Page toward the end of the second round. Um, I'm sorry, but... Was there any comparison in Marcus Page and Cat Barber last year in college? Ba- how can you possibly think that Marcus Page, and I'm not, I don't want to pick on Marcus Page. There, there are other guys who were drafted who I, I, I say, Cat Barber was about as unstoppable as anyone in college basketball was last year. And and the year before I, that, I, I I don't get it. I, and lightning quick. I don't understand how he could go undrafted. I mean, I, I would have been, you know, if my team was drafting Erland and they'd taken Cat Barber, I would have been thrilled with that pick. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, uh, a, a good defender, um, lightning fast, unbelievably quick. That's why his nickname is Cat. And and a guy who whose shot improved, improved, improved was a great free throw shooter. And every all, all the advanced analytics guys say, um, you know, guys who shoot free throws really well, it, it tends to translate into eventually becoming great three point shooters. Um, in the NBA. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Um, but I, I'm, I'm sure Cat Barber's going to catch on with someone and, and be a, a good NBA player. I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't.
1: Yeah. I, but you know, what I don't think this is the last we've heard of Cat Barber. I think he, I think he gets in somewhere um, because a guy like that is a, a player that's not going to Sit there and say, "Oh, I didn't get drafted." Well, that's that. Uh, I think we'll see. Yeah, he's, he's signed with
2: New Orleans for the summer league. He, he's gonna he's gonna play for the New Orleans Pelicans in the summer league. But yeah, he's, he's to get some months. Mean... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, that,
0: and that, he he just might be a dude who doesn't play on as high a profile at college team, and so you know maybe maybe there was just like a lack of exposure.
2: That, Come again, on, NC State. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about yeah. NC State
0: here. Yeah, but, but but NC State's not not. I guess they're they're not they're not playing as many as many of those like you know. Big games as, as Duke and UNC are. They they are. They're playing against those teams, and, and he gets his opportunities to show off. Um, but you got to figure that there's some bias um, towards taking the the guys from the bigger name schools, uh, and that those things sort themselves out when you get to see him playing against all those dudes in summer league. Again, like summer league will sort this out, and and I I'm I don't think there's a way that Cat Barber's not making an NBA team this year.
2: Agreed. Good. I'm glad you guys agree with me. Okay.
1: All right, let's move on. Let's briefly touch on the uh, NBA Finals. Um, Kyrie Irvin joined uh, two players, I believe. I I don't think there's a third. Um, Danny Ferry and Shane Battier as Duke players who have won an NBA title. uh, And and he did it with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They came back from down 3-1 to the... Golden State Warriors, and ended up winning a Game 7 at Golden State, which was kind of a shock to many. Um, And to some, it actually wasn't a shock. But, uh, guys, thoughts on Kyrie getting that coveted uh, trophy, getting that ring?
2: Wow. Well, I mean, just, uh, you know, you mentioned the other two guys who've done it, Shane Battier and Danny Ferry. Um, Kyrie's role was completely different from the roles that they played. Um, Ferry really didn't play very much for San Antonio. Battier was, you know, a classic 3 and D guy who was a sub- for Miami, he he wasn't someone who was you know an integral part of what Miami was doing. Kyrie Kyrie Irving was the best offensive player in the NBA Finals. I know LeBron James did things better than Kyrie did a lot of other things, um, in term especially in terms of defense, in terms of distributing and the such. But Kyrie was the offensive stud, and it was his crazy three point shot that won the title. It was a tie ball game with a minute left, and he drained a three with the shot clock running down and Steph Curry's hand in his face. Um, he had an incredible, incredible finals. Uh, lost amid every... So I did some statistics because you know you guys know me. I love my stats. Um, lost amid all the talk about what a great finals Kyrie had. A, a few key stats stuck out for me. He led every, you know, every regular player. There are a couple guys who, who were two for two or three for three, but he led every finals regular by hitting 94% of his free throws. Did you hear that number? 94%. And let me tell you something. The Cavs... The Cavs had real struggles at the free-throw line, and there were a couple of these games that were very close where it mattered, and Kyrie buried his free-throws. 94%. He shot the second-most free-throws of anyone in the NBA Finals. LeBron shot a couple more than he did. but second. And I'm not talking on Cleveland. I'm talking Cleveland and Golden State. Kyrie's second-most free-throws, highest free-throw percentage. No one else on the Cavs hit more than 73% of their free-throws, and Kyrie was hitting 94% of them. He saved them in that respect. Um, he hit... 40.5% of his threes, which was the second-highest three-point percentage of any player in the finals, who would have said, with, uh, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson out there and those other guys in Golden State who could bomb away, that Kyrie Irving would be uh, one of the highest um, three-point shooters in the NBA finals. And people love to criticize his D, but he was second among all players in the finals in steals. And here's a stat that is really shocking. You ready for this? Kyrie Irving was the youngest player on the Cavs roster.
1: That's I mean,
2: Yeah, we don't even think about that. Um, but Kyrie is still a really, really young player in the NBA. He, he just turned 24 um, uh, a, a couple months ago, back in March. Um, and uh, he, was, he was the second youngest player on either team. Do you guys know who's the only player on both the Cavs and the Warriors who's younger than Kyrie? Harrison Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes by about 2 months. <laughs> and
0: we're
2: yeah, going to no, talk about we're going to talk about Harrison Barnes in a little bit. But yeah, that, that's I mean, what I, I mean, Kyrie was incredible. Um and and they were that you know, in the NBA they talk a lot about, you know, needing three stars, needing three. Um Kevin Love wasn't there for Cleveland. Kyrie and LeBron were it. They were it. And and props to him. His his stock has gone way 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 up.
1: And honestly, yeah. you know, we're we're talking about LeBron a little bit like you know, there's a lot of people talking about, battle about LeBron in any, you know, whether it's the decision or whether it's the fact that he's always, uh, he seemed to be, quote unquote, the GM, the, the, the judge, jury and executioner for uh, David Blatt. But he earned his place, in my opinion, at the greatest of all time discussion table uh, for what he did during these playoffs, um, throughout the entire playoffs. And I know he had help with Kyrie. Kyrie was fantastic. I think LeBron really like any critics that were out there that were talking bad about LeBron's game, about how he can't win the big one uh, or or just his record in the finals. I think they need to fall back a little bit. Um, I will say the same thing about Cleveland. I I think it was, you know, I am from Detroit. I'm not a big Cleveland fan, Um, but I I do enjoy the fact that they, they celebrated a victory. I mean, it was their first title in that city since 1964 in any sport. Uh, That is Remarkable. That was a remarkable stat in itself. But the fact that they were so euphoric about it ending and to do it against a team that many people thought during the season with with uh, uh, with reason was unbeatable. Um, I, I think to do it against that, to come back from down three, one, uh, something that no other team has ever done um, and to do it on getting game seven at uh, at Golden State. I think that is this team is really a team that people are going to look back years on and say, this team was a lot better than everybody thought it was, and I think it's because of the fact that they were in the Eastern Conference, and people kind of wrote them off as being part of the the garbage Eastern Conference. Uh, but they showed through their through their run that they can beat anybody, and that they are the best team. And I, I think that is uh, something to be admired. And I think LeBron and Kyrie have a lot to do with that, if not most of most of all.
2: Hey, I'm gonna let Sam jump in in one second, but I just want to say I think that LeBron may have had. Um, it, it's real close to the greatest finals performance of the modern era. I mean, there are, statistically, there are guys who, if you go back along, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and some other guys who put up some crazy st- stats back in the day when stats sort of were very different than they are today. But 29.7 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, 8.9 assists per game, 2.6 steals, 2.3 blocks. That's absurd. <laughs> I mean, that's just, he was, he was practically a triple-double in the NBA Finals against a really great defensive team. I and mean, Golden State's a really good team. It's uh, it, it it's I agree with you. He is he is at the table, you know, alongside Michael and, and uh, you know, I guess a couple of the guys, Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain, Kareem, Magic, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Is there anyone else in the conversation? Yeah, those, have, the, those, my, the, that's the conversation Simmons, right
0: there, right? I have my Bill Simmons book of basketball here on the on the uh, shelf next to me. you. You want to grab that and just go through the, the pantheon for you?
2: <laughs> I mean, we don't need to, but but I mean, that's the he he's in that first tier. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I was gonna. I, I agree with everything that you guys said um, that you know about Kyrie and about LeBron. I think what was so interesting about this finals was how quickly. Um, Like the whole discussion turned away from Golden State's inevitable coronation to, oh, my God, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Like it it, it seemed like it happened overnight, you know, like the whole season was all about Golden State and all about is Golden State going to be able to get by San Antonio and or uh, Oklahoma City in the in the playoffs? Uh, Are they going to are they going to get the wins record and all these things And the whole time? you never really heard much about Cleveland. You know, there were, there were highlights and, and, and there were occasional good games and Cleveland got to play those teams. Um, but, but it, it felt like, especially given that LeBron James is still on the Cavs and is still basically in his prime um, that you, you really didn't hear about it much until they got to the finals. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, and, and like, you know, Golden State goes up three, one, you think it, the series is going to be over. Uh, Draymond is forced to sit out in game five and you know, I, I, people have opinions about, about that. Um, and then all of a sudden the Cavs come back and, and I think, are they the first team to come back from three, one, um, yes. in the finals In the finals. So yep.
2: They, first time it's ever off, happened.
0: They pulled off the, the, you know, by the numbers, the best comeback in the finals that's ever been. And they did it against maybe the best team that's ever been there. Um, and, and it seemed yeah. like it's, you know, like that, that happened overnight. It was so cool. And, and now I'm curious to see what, what people are saying about going into next season. Like, you know, the Warriors aren't gonna get much worse, right? They're gonna lose Harrison Barnes uh, but they still have Curry, they still have Thompson, they still have Green, um, and they still have Steve Kerr running the show. So still going there's still gonna be great. There's talk and there's going a lot. Of Durant.
2: There's a yeah, lot of and, talk.
0: Right, and, and they might get Kevin Durant, which like yeah. okay, maybe maybe it won't make them Kevin Durant better. It'll I, I think that his the you know, the, the returns on adding Kevin Durant aren't as great when you're Golden State as when you're basically any other team. But you're still adding, you know, one of the three or four best players in the league on top of what really was the best team in the league this year. Yeah,
2: um, that, that Golden State team won more games than any team in NBA history, not just in the regular season. Regular season combined with the playoffs, they, they set the regular season record, but then it, you combine their playoff wins, it's more wins than anyone else has ever won. Guys, I just realized something terrible, horrible, awful that we did. You're not going to believe this. This is terrible. I, I bet there are people who are screaming at their iPods or radios. Did that Bones
1: won an NBA title?
2: Dante Jones, we forgot about Dante. Oh, no,
1: he was oh, on the gas. <laughs> yo, yo, D, my bad, dude. My bad. Uh, you Donald,
0: uh, so Donald's <laughs> punishment. Donald, you want to get down and and do like three push-ups
1: in honor of Donald? I'm going to do yes. three
2: push-ups. <laughs> you need, uh, Donald, you I need you somebody
1: in, to be underneath. So I, I was, was going to say, are you off. in
2: Virginia? We need a Virginia player underneath you when you do the push-ups.
1: I will. I will be in Virginia this evening. I will do three push-ups and make sure that somebody is somebody is there to take the punishment. All right, feel free to vine that for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Congratulations, Dante. By the way, Dante Jones probably gets a title ring, playing fewer games for his team than anyone in history. He signed, he signed season. like the yeah. last game yeah. of the season. Yeah, he played yeah. one game for them.
0: He was basically, and then he played the playoffs. Of course, for the playoffs um yes I, I saw i saw a tweet from from Quinn Cook after the after the game ended and he was like do i get a ring for for playing on the on the d league like in the you know cuz he played in Canton this year for the d league team yeah. he was like do i get a ring nah just kidding like congrats to the cats that was
2: awesome
0: <laughs> <laughs> um oh good good point i was going to say that we forgot that Jeff mellon's won an nba title but but dante jones is is much more important cuz he actually won this NBA he
1: actually was on the team so <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so now we're up to he what? He played in fifteen five, games. He, he
2: played in one. He played in one regular season game. Fifteen playoff games for them.
0: Hey, it's good, good for that dude. And and like and like, who even thought that Dante Jones was still like supposed to be in the league this year, right? Let alone he's thirty-five.
2: Playing... Yeah, he's thirty-five.
0: Right. Yeah, he's thirty-five, and he was only ever like a like a role player defense guy, um, which is not the kind of guy that hangs around for for twelve years in the
2: league. Right. Yeah. Props to him. He's yeah. made his money too. Totally. I mean. Good for him. Yeah, who's been around doing, for a while? Doing He's made Johnson almost 20 million dollars, 20
0: Kobe million, and doing all that stuff that he does. Go, Dante Jones. Yeah,
1: all right, let's move on to the Olympics because uh, that that is the next thing that's coming up for uh, uh, that involves Duke basketball. Of course, Coach K is coaching uh, the for the final time, uh, the U.S. men's national team, uh, but. They just announced the roster. I guess the announcer, the roster will be announced tomorrow officially. But we have the final twelve, and here they are: Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Paul George, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes, and Kyrie Irvin makes the twelfth. Uh, he makes the roster. Um, I think that's a pretty good roster, despite you know we've been hearing all the reports of all the all the players who aren't going to Brazil for various reasons, um, whether it be injury or, or fears of the uh, Zika virus uh, down there. But uh, I think this is a pretty good lineup. This is a pretty good roster. If this is our, you know, quote-unquote B team, this B team is going to crush a lot of people. Uh, what do you guys yeah, think about well, this? So
2: they basically only got, in my opinion, like two of the top ten players in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they got Kevin Durant, uh, Clay Thompson, is, that, is Draymond one of the top 10 players in the NBA? Yeah, like
0: Draymond is probably boring right in that group.
2: Yeah, so they've got like two of the top 10 players in the NBA, but they probably got like eight or nine of the next 10. <laughs> right. Um, but I will tell you who is not among the top 10, the top 20, the top 30, or even the top 40 players in the NBA, and that's Harrison Barnes. What is Harrison Barnes doing on this team? The guy has never made an NBA All Star game. How is he on the Olympic team? So I, I went and I looked. Now, I know a lot of guys said no. There are a lot of very good players who, who said, I'm afraid of the Zika virus or I need to rest or I'm a little bit banged up, whatever else. And, and so they said, I'm not going to play. But I looked at players who did not formally say no. And they may have said no behind the scenes, but they didn't, like, announce. There was no thing like, like Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry or Gordon Hayward who all said, no, no, I can't. James Harden. So yeah. Yeah, James Harden. here's my list of guys These are only forwards. I'm only looking at forwards, really only looking at power forwards because Harrison Barnes is mostly a power forward, especially uh, in Coach K's scheme for that Olympic team in all likelihood. These are power forwards who did not say no, who are unquestionably, unequivocally, anyone would say better than Harrison Barnes. Ready? Here's the list. Paul Millsap, Ryan Anderson, Kevin Love, Derek Favors, Jay Crowder, Chandler Parsons. I think Andre Iguodala is actually better than Harrison Barnes, but you know, We'll take him out of the equation. And then I think you can argue that Marcus and maybe even Markeith Morris are both better than Harrison Barnes. What What? What on earth? How did Harrison Barnes make this team? I, I don't understand it, but there is an upside to this. The really funny thing is, so he Harrison Barnes is going to spend a summer with Coach K, and spending a summer with Coach K almost always elevates your game. I mean, we have seen it time and again. Guys who played for Coach K come back. Um, uh, you know, I'm talking about pros, NBA players who played on a world championship team or an Olympic team. They, uh, you know, almost to a man, some of these guys will come back and have their best season the next year. How how horrible would it be for Carolina fans if one summer of playing for Coach K elevates Harrison Barnes' game in a way that two years with Roy, Roy Barnes never could? I, I That's the only sort of, you know... Good, good side of Harrison Barnes somehow magically making this team.
1: Yeah, I
0: just want want everyone to know that that Jason Evans still not a Carolina fan.
2: You know, we had (laughs) a long
0: time off. We had a long time off. I know that some people maybe forget who the characters are on the show. Jason Evans not a Carolina fan. We're
2: we're uh, we're not. By the way, people, we're not going to talk about the fact that the NCAA. I can't even speak the words. I can't even uh, say. Let, 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 We're not going to talk about it. We're no. not talking Olympic, about. It. Yeah, 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 Olympic, yeah, we, Donald, we, you had a thought
1: that was on that was yeah, on top. So <laughs> I, I was going to say that you know this this kind of mo where we have uh, one guy or, or, or maybe two guys that are question marks. Uh, that's kind of Coach K style. I mean, you remember in 2012 for the Olympics, he brought along. Uh, Anthony Davis and and he was just fresh out of college this is a uh, it was basically similar to the dream team right you have a bunch of pros and you have this college guy of course that ended up being a blessing in disguise because one Davis is really really good he played well on that team when he got to play and it elevated his game to the point where he is a, a phenom now um, the reason why he's not playing is because he's been hurt for most of the year and he he does need to rest um, so this may fall into that line you know even you know a couple years ago, you had Andre Drummond and Mason Plumlee um, both made the uh, World Cup of Basketball team, uh, national team, and they ended up having great years the following year, too. So this might be something that, you know, will will really help Harrison Barnes. He's about to be a free agent. He may be leaving the Golden State Warriors um, and getting some big money elsewhere. Um, so this may be a chance for him to elevate his game to another level and, and get to that all-star game next year. We'll only time will tell, but I think this this lineup, I, I think this um, uh, this roster that we have uh, is a really good roster, and I don't think we we should be worried in any sense uh, about how this team is going to perform because I think they're going to be pretty pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I I'm uh, I'm excited about this team. I think that there's a lot of versatility here, and even though as you say that we don't have a lot of those top ten guys, um, even the guys in the top twenty are still going to be able to to. Make a lot of interesting basketball. Uh, oh yeah, play a lot of interesting basketball throughout this. And and you got you got a lot of versatile dudes. I mean, we still have Kevin Durant on this team. You have guys like Kyrie Irving, uh, and then and then as much as he is maligned, sort of for his his NBA um, portfolio, Carmelo Anthony is an excellent international player um, and is a great is a great member of this team, sort of as the elder statesman for it. You know, without without guys like LeBron or or Kobe there. Um, Carmelo's Carmelo's like the best guy to kind of be the captain of the team. So um, I, I'm I'm excited about, about USA basketball. I think that they should be able to cruise through this tournament again. And you know, this is this is Coach K's last year, um, and they're gonna want to finish strong so that they can pass off to Popovich um, in you know in good shape. And and I think that given a lot of the guy, you know, a lot of the best players were playing in the finals and and playing late in the playoffs, and some of them are free agents and stuff. You know, the this is this is probably uh, this is this is a pretty good roster given given all that and all the concerns about about going to Brazil and whatnot. So, um, you know, it would it would obviously be cooler if if guys like LeBron and Steph were able to play, um, but they just finished playing in the finals. And yeah, I know that Kyrie and Draymond and Clay are there, um, but you know, you gotta you, you defer to those guys if they say that they're not up for it. And LeBron, especially, is how many consecutive finals has he played in? Like five or six? So he's he's playing seven.
2: It's six straight finals, finals. seven straight
1: finals, seven overall.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's, he's had to play a lot of basketball the last few years. So I I don't, I don't begrudge LeBron needing to, uh, to take a break over the summer. So I I think the the team still will still be awesome. uh,
2: Yeah. And the reality is, I mean, if we don't win it all with this team, it's not like you're going to go Oh, if Only we'd had Kawhi Leonard. If only we had James Harden, if only we had Anthony Davis or, or Steph or, or LeBron or Russell Westbrook. I would have loved to see him Westbrook play just because I love watching that guy play basketball. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, especially against people who can't athletically match up with him, which is Basically pretty much everyone. everyone on the planet. Mostly, mostly NBA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, it's it, it, it's great. I, you know, one one thing I will mention about this team, I'm really really happy that Paul George is on the team. I know he'd sort of been guaranteed a spot. After he hurt himself so tragically a couple of years ago, um, and he's come back really nicely from that. I mean, I think he deserves his body. He's he's a better player than Harrison Barnes. Um, but I'm just really glad that Paul George is on this team, and I really hope that they can um, that they that they win the gold medal and that he he gets that richly deserved because um, uh, he he really suffered, um, you know, doing the doing the right thing and playing for his country a couple of years ago and. And it's just a, it's a really great thing that that he's on this team. Um, yeah. So that's all I got on the Olympics.
1: Um, the last thing I'll, I'll note in the Olympics, and this is uh, separate from this team, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Lindsey Harding, who uh, – Uh, former Duke player, Um, she made the Belarus national team. And you're probably wondering how she's uh, on the Belarus national team. She's been playing abroad there um, when she's not playing in the WNBA. And uh, I guess a a few uh, months ago, uh, she was granted uh, Belarusian citizenship, and their team qualified for the Olympics. So she will be in Rio um, representing Belarus. uh, But I want to say congrats to her. She's a great friend, and and, uh, she's one of the the two – uh, women's players who has uh, her number in the rafters so uh, I think that's a great thing um, it may not be the United States which is probably what a lot of these uh, players dream of playing for uh, in the Olympics but she gets to represent uh, her you know her country Belarus in, uh, in Rio and I think there's nothing wrong with doing that I think that's a great thing so congrats to her.
2: Are you telling me that Lindsay Harding is not a traditional Belarusian name? It sounds fairly Belarusian to me.
1: I think she's American Belarusian I'm gonna, I'm gonna call both your bluff
0: and, and ask you each to tell me one traditionally Belarusian surname.
1: Um, Sabonis.
2: <laughs> no, okay, you're out. actually, that's not, bad. That's Get not, out not bad.
1: Get out of here. I'm just gonna
2: go with Vladimir. I'm just gonna go Vladimir. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't it. That was the, that was the right answer. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I,
0: <laughs> I don't haven't either.
1: Been there uh, uh ask yeah, jason you just in europe right S- i was, I was. To fact check us on that all right thanks dvr forum uh, everybody yeah so before we sign off i guess we should take a brief look wait, wait wait wait
2: the... by the way by the way i just googled belarusian names they're written in a language i can't understand <laughs> yeah
1: it's, it's, it's belarusian it's belarusian <laughs> yeah
2: belarusian. so it's it's like uh, so like natasha that's a belarusian name dimitri all
1: right
0: we're 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 trending. We are treading slowly into, into territory that I don't want to be in. So <laughs> let's move on.
1: All right. So before we wrap up, let's take a brief look at the roster um, for Duke uh, for next year. We, we've actually uh, we've kept a few players. Um, welcome back, uh, Emil Jefferson. Welcome back, uh, Grayson Allen. And we've got a, a, a nice crop of talent coming in, probably one of the best uh, incoming freshman classes we've had in a long time that college basketball seen in a long time. Uh, and that was capped off by getting Mar- Marquez Bolden uh, late in April, I guess it was. Is it, um, it Marquez? It I thought it was Marquise.
0: I thought it was Marquez. Marquez.
1: Mar- I, 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 I think I, I think said it's Marquez. It might be Marquez. That's my fault. Um, I will definitely get it right by the time season starts. I'm in preseason form here, gentlemen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we have a really good lineup. I think this is a team that's going to uh, really hit the blocks running. And these guys look like they're motivated ready to go. I think they're on campus right now. Um, uh, for summer classes and getting acclimated to each other. Um, so I'm interested to see hopefully uh, the people who are down there and seeing some of these uh, pickup games, um, how that's shaping up so far. Cause I, I I can imagine that those pickup games are going to be intense to say the least.
0: Yeah. There's going to be uh, at least one incoming McDonald's all American, just like sitting on the bench this year. Um, and, I, and we don't, I don't think we know exactly how to, how the rotation will shake out. Although if you, Visit the forums at Duke Basketball Report. You can see everyone's opinion about that. Um, but but I, I think the addition of Bolden is really big. Uh, makes the front court feel a lot more solid. The whole team really feels solid. And uh, and yeah, like you said, they're all on campus now. They're all um, taking classes, and I think they're all also running the like children's camp. So that that's pretty cool. I've seen they they put up some uh, they put up some social media photos of that. So I'm I, I'm very excited to see how this team comes together and glad that they're able to get on campus early to get acclimated because obviously last year one of the one of the problems you you might that may have arisen uh from late arrival to campus would be derek thornton not being able to join the team until the fall semester started and and we know now that he's no longer with the program i don't know if it would have prevented that if he had been there earlier but it's cool that all the guys are there now and and practicing together and 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 learning together
2: yeah so it's really difficult, I think, to to look at recruiting classes before the kids have started playing and and make definitive statements about them. But on paper and from what you read and from what you hear, um, twenty sixteen this this class has a definite chance to be the the best freshman class that Duke has ever had, um, which is really really saying something when you look at first of all you look merely two years ago when our freshman class uh Tyus Stones Tyus um, Stone
0: Grayson Allen was the fourth best player and he was a and he was a second team all American as a sophomore. It,
2: yes, exactly. Yeah, um, right. yeah, when when Okafor wins and Tyus Stones led us to an NCAA title. I mean how how can you say a freshman class could be better than that when those guys did that? But but boy, it looks like this is an amazing, amazing freshman class. And when you add in the fact, I mean like it's insane that we bring Emil Jefferson back for a sixth fifth year. And that Grayson Allen is back, and that Matt Jones is back. Chase Jeter seemed to be developed. It's just like uh, Luke uh, Luke Kennard. Everyone forgets about Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's only one of the best freshman scorers in Duke basketball history. Uh, And like he's an afterthought. We're absurd, we're ridiculous. Um it's so great to have Bolden joining the ranks. The one little thing if you looked at the roster you kind of go, "Yeah, maybe they need a center, maybe they need a big man, you know, or backup big man to help out. Giles and Jefferson on the inside if if Chase Jeter doesn't develop, you know, it's like if you're grasping at straws for the one thing that we maybe needed. Oh, okay. So so let's go ahead and take the number one, the best center in the in the um in the high school class. It's it's crazy how good this class is. It's crazy how good Duke's roster for next year is. Um I, I mean Sam you're absolutely right there it's not just that there are going to be there's going to be a McDonald's All-American um you know sitting on the bench sort of hoping to get um you know sort of scraps of time um I think there are guys who are going to someday absolutely earn NBA paychecks who are going to struggle to find time on this Duke team that's how good we're going to be next year um it's so exciting um you know really cool uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Grayson Allen adjust to point guard. Cause I think Grayson Allen is absolutely going to be our point guard. Um, I, I'm looking forward to see how Kay, you know, mixes all these different pieces together. He's going to have a, a tremendous amount of length on this team. You know, guys with really long arms, guys who are big. I mean, it, it's pretty likely that our starting lineup, um, there won't be anyone. Uh, there's almost no way. There's no one in our starting lineup shorter than six five. I mean, that's just a fact. There's no one who's going to play who's shorter than six five. I'm sorry, Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson. Frank, Jackson I was 6'5".
0: Say, our, do Frank Jackson and Grayson Allen both count as being at least six five? I don't.
2: Grayson um, Allen's six five. Grayson six yes. five. All
0: right. Yeah. I'm fine. So was Demarcus Nelson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Grayson's maybe six four. But I mean, all right. It a, six. It is ish. I will say that. <laughs> But I, I, I mean, we're gonna be big, we're gonna be really long. Um, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. And we're gonna be, you know, I mean, it's easy to talk about offense, but we're gonna be a great defensive team. I mean a really, really good defensive team. Um, Jason Tatum, who's coming in is is considered a a, a tremendously good high school defensive player. Um, Harry Giles is able to protect the rim a little bit, uh, but Emil Jefferson, Matt Jones, Grayson Allen, these guys are really Emil Jefferson and Matt Jones are, you know, two of the best defenders in the country. Um, it, it's just very, very exciting. Uh, I can't wait for the season to start. Has it started yet? Can we get it to start? Can it be October right now, today? Please. That'd be that'd be terrific. I got nothing else.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm out. All right. Well, I <laughs> guess we can we can end it here.
2: Uh, are we gonna do party? Let me do one quick parting shot. Super quick.
1: Okay, party shot. We'll go with. We'll start with you.
2: Okay, so uh, just in the past couple of weeks, we found out that Derek Thornton is transferring to USC, um, uh, and uh, I, I just wanted to wish him well. Um, it's easy to sort of wrap on the guys who, who you talk about, oh, they deserted us, oh, they left us, all that other kind of stuff. Um, I think it's really unfortunate that Derek Thornton um, didn't get a chance to continue his Duke career. I think he could have been... Uh, a really special player down the line, I, I think he would have had a significant role in the team next season. Um, and uh, and and I think he'll, um, you know, he may regret sitting out and watching Duke succeed next year, but he's going to be closer to his family. He's from California. He's going to be closer to his family at USC. And I just want to risk Derek Thornton well. Um, no hard feelings, buddy. Uh, um, I, I really hope you succeed fabulously at USC and you get Everything that you uh, that you were hoping to find at Duke, but but maybe just didn't quite find
1: well said, well said, uh, Sam, do you have anything?
0: Yeah, I don't think we have had an episode since I went to a reunion back at Duke um, like a while ago, so I just wanted to say that I had a great time at our at our two thousand eleven class reunion um, if you uh, if you were a Duke alumnus and you were not going to Duke reunions, you should definitely start doing it because uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so not as, not as sentimental or deep or or uh, or whatever as, as Jason's comment about Derek Thornton, but uh, I did have a good time the last time that I was in Durham, and it was nice uh, seeing all of my classmates there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, and the only parting shot I have is uh, we're coming up on the 4th of July weekend. Uh, I hope everybody uh, gets all the barbecue uh, and sun and fireworks that they can possibly have, but be safe about it. Don't don't be Jason Pierre Paul be, you know, watch them from afar. Don't be setting off fireworks, uh, by yourself. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, everybody have a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, enjoy everything. It's going to be hopefully very great weather for everybody. Um, I will be in new Orleans where it's going to be like 95 and miserably humid. Um, Do but that. it's still going to be a fun time because it is in new Orleans. So
2: Donald, um, you, you get around, man, you, you, you get around all over the I, place.
1: I am. I am a man of travel. Uh, this world needs to be explored, and I am happy to do it for uh, myself and for everybody else.
0: Donald, you're, uh, Donald, you're single,
1: yes? I am.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just have to look in the mirror, and consult myself uh, when I. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I, I, go through,
0: I go through. Bounce, I go through bouts of of traveling a lot too. And uh, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, cool. Related. ladies. We're single, so. this is the last last place
0: that i expect to be uh to be making connections so right um,
1: but you know what that's where we're going to leave it here uh mm -hmm. on episode 53 of the duke basketball report podcast you can catch us on the forums when we're not doing a podcast um that is uh click on the uh, duke dot dukebasketballreport.com And click on the forums, and you will find a lot of us there. It's a great community. If you have not checked it out, please do so. Um, We'll be back sometime after the holiday. Uh, we got football coming up soon, Um, so we're going to probably talk about that. And then, obviously, uh, anything else that is is near and dear to us that we need to discuss. But uh, until then, for Jason Evans and for Sam Klein, I'm Donald Wine. Duke Band, take us home. Happy 4th. It's time to expect more from urgent care. Like caregivers who take time to listen. Smooth access to local specialty care if you need it. Virtual visits and save your spot convenience. Plus, easy access community locations. And we're open 365 days a year to treat your sprains, cuts, fever, and flu. Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care. Get more than you expect and exactly what you need. Welcome
0: to a new era in urgent care.